gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers. Remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. Hey, welcome to Dog Talk Live. I am Jeff Fuller of Soggy Acres Retrievers, and we are coming to you from southern Wisconsin, Delavan, Wisconsin to be exact, which is the home of our kennel. It is... Coming up on early February, I get my first group of dogs in for training here starting February 13th. We do two groups for three months. I had in the past always used March 1st as a kickoff date. This year we're going to do the middle of February because I'm going to take a week of vacation with one of my kids during uh, the summer. And I also wanted to get done a week before we get to our teal season. So... That means that will be a little bit earlier this week, but it will be nice because it takes away from the dead time of the year when there is nothing for me to do other than putz around on Dog Talk Lives. Not that I'm going to not do these. I'll still do Dog Talk Lives with everyone, and we will still uh, enjoy getting your questions. So as we look at Dog Talk Live, the key of Dog Talk Live is, or are, questions. Your questions, that is. I am here to answer any questions, whether they are puppy-related, training-related, hunting-related, or anything else that I may have be a service with. Uh, we want you to type them in as a comment. Also, if you're watching, let us know where you're from and let us know what kind of dog you have. Um, again, it is pretty cold here. We're looking at about 25 today. I think we've got winter storm watch for this weekend, so it'll be cold this weekend. And uh, it's just, uh, we're to that point of the of, of winter where you look and you think it's never going to end. But alas, the end is coming. Um, again, please let us know what questions you have. I'm going to put up my email, sportingdogtv at gmail.com. If you have questions that you don't want to ask uh, to us on here, feel free to go ahead and ask later. I'm also going to put up... The link to our podcast on Apple. So if you want to watch our podcast on iTunes, um, I've got the link up. We have our podcast, the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. Uh, we actually record these uh, events that we do here on Facebook Live for those. And we also will put up one or two additional unique podcasts on that platform. The podcast is doing good. Uh, very well received. Uh, I think we are now in 40 countries that have listened to it. Uh, we're running... A good amount of, of, of viewership or listenership and uh, getting a lot of good feedback on it. So if you like a dog-related podcast, please check us out, the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I put up the link from uh, iTunes. Uh, we also run Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, Anchor, Pocket Casts, uh, da, 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 a few others. Um, this part of the podcast is brought to you proudly by Mech Outdoors. 
but we are on quite a few different platforms where we bring you guys something similar to what we're talking about here, which is dogs, training, and uh, try to answer any questions. Bethany is checking in. Good to see you, Bethany. Uh, again, as you check in, please let us know where you're from. Let us know what questions you have, and we will go from there. Um, I'm trying to think. So we're getting dogs in now for training. Our gun dog program takes three months. In that three months, the first six weeks are basically built on building the base for the dog for their training. I work on their force fetcher trained retrieve, their e-collar conditioning, and then reinforcement and their obedience. With the whole thought process being, before I take a dog into the field, I want them to be completely under control. Uh, we work with our introduction to firearms, introduction to birds, and pretty much try to work with them in dog huts, on dog stands, and get everything set so that the dog has seen everything prior to taking them out to the field. So it's 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 kind of a process. When you are training a dog, I see so many people that ask, well, what about this or what about that? Your three main things you're working on are your e-collar conditioning, e-collar reinforcement, uh, your obedience, and your force fetch. Those are the three main areas that you're going to work on with a young dog. You don't skip any of them because they all kind of relate to each other and they all are part of the building process. If you skip through these processes, either one or the other or all, and you shorten them too much, you'll see it later in your training. Uh, I, I will see people that will talk about how they don't do X, Y, and Z with their dogs because they don't believe in it, but they're also the same people that are going to run into issues when they try to get to more advanced levels of their training. So you want to make sure you're doing your e-collar work, your obedience work, and your force fetch work so that you can have your dog in a position so they can succeed. Again, you're building the base of your house or the base of your training, and that's the foundation. Then you're going to build up as you train on more things. Hello, Mr. Melton. How are you doing? Guys, let me know what questions you have. I don't think a good dog talk live is me sitting here blathering for 15 minutes. On that note, we do 15 to 30 minutes. Uh, we try to answer as many questions as we have. If you have questions and you're watching this after when it's no longer live but just a video, <coughs> please put your questions in as a comment. We will try to answer them at a later date. Um, our show is our, our podcast is uh, the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. We are here on our Facebook page, the Sporting Dog Adventures page. Um, it is, my goodness, how long have I been doing this now? I'm, I, I'm on 11 years of content creation between the show and also uh, the uh, TV the TV show and the podcast. Um, at a point, I did two seasons of the uh, National Bird Dog Challenge. I was the host of that. So it's been really fun. I enjoy doing content. I enjoy trying to get people involved in the sport that I love. I'm actually selling all of my camera gear right now. I think I've got most of it sold. But uh, it just hit the point where I'm not going not gonna to film anymore. But it's still fun to connect with people to try to get more people involved in the sport we love. Josh is checking in from Denver. Owns five Labradors from 1 to 14 years old. What's been the hard, hardest chart challenge starting my kennel? Uh, Josh, I think the hardest thing starting any business is just funding. Um, being honestly, it's it's not as much about the kennel. If you know how to train, um, you 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 understand how to raise a litter because um, you have a good vet. From there, it is having the the money so that you can 
do things the right way and also market. Um, I got started back when Facebook was was newer. Uh, there weren't many kennels on Facebook. Um, worked really hard on the social media part to get our name out there. And uh, then uh, once my career in law enforcement ended, uh, we ended up where uh, we started the TV show. But when I talk about marketing, I mean, Facebook at that time, there weren't anybody that even had web pages hardly. So we had a web page, we had Facebook, and we grew it. And the one thing I can tell you from a kennel perspective is many will say that I am lucky and that other folks like myself are lucky that have made it. But at the same time, it's always interesting to me because the same folks that are saying that I'm lucky don't have a podcast when they're free to perform or free to put on. They don't work on their Facebook page or even post on their page. They don't do a dog talk live. So it's honestly having the ability or dedication to work hard and then also to have the, the money so that you can uh, put out your, your, your different things. Uh, when I first started, uh, Selling puppies, I didn't have money to market per se. Um, I wouldn't even have known how to market, but I started putting my uh, litter announcements up on pinups uh, at different, uh, there's Gander Mountains around here. They always had a bulletin board where you could put a pinup up and then you do little cuts on them where you can pull the, pull the phone number off. And again, looked at that, looked at what other people in the dog world were doing to be successful and picked what I liked that they were doing and tried to mimic it and do it in my own style. So again, it's, it's, it's about having a good plan. It's about having the money to put it off. It's about marketing. And the other thing would be customer service. Use customer service. I don't know. We're sold out on puppies. I still call people back. If I'm full on training dogs, I still call people back. You never know when that person that you were kind to and that you worked uh, with uh, to try to help them, or at least we're polite enough to call back. You never know when they're not going to come back at a later date and be one of your clients. So that would be my suggestion to you as far as uh, what I did to get started and what I still continue to do. Again, let me know what questions you guys have. Let me know what we can help you with today. Hunting season is wrapping up in most areas. Um, we had a solid year this year uh, on my two properties. Uh, we've got 190 acres uh, of wetland in one spot, and then we bought another 100 acres this last year. Um, had a really good waterfall season. My uh, big game season, it was it was not great. It was uh, it was uh, too much water, but great for waterfall. But uh, we had a fun season. Um, I'm already looking forward to next year. Uh, I'm going up Monday, and I am going to work on clearing some stuff on the new property I have so that we are ready for next year. Um, I'm going to look and also scout out a few places that I want to put uh, want to put a duck blind or two in. I think I'm going to add probably one or two duck blinds next for, for next year. Going to try to do that stuff, if I can, in probably midsummer. Um, I also have a couple of tree stands I want to put in. And what I'll do, having uh, marsh property, I'll actually, I've got a boat. It's, it's actually got holes rubbed in the bottom. I put my tree stands on. I've got a couple of tripod stands that I'm going to move. And I'll, I'll strap those onto that boat. And then I will drag that uh, with an Argo uh, to where I want it to be because I wouldn't be able to move it when, uh, when everything was, was, was open. This portion of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Boucher Automotive in Janesville, Wisconsin.
Bethany, it is so difficult, but you're right. Yes, it is, Bethany. It's difficult. I mean, the, the thing to keep in mind is when you are starting a kennel, it is a business. So you have to uh, put the time in, you have to be financed, and you have to do things the right way. Sometimes that means, uh, just about all the times, that means you're going to be working a full-time job plus doing your, your side business until it's big enough to stand on its own two feet. Ryan, getting a new lab pup in mid-April. I've never done force fetch on my own. I sent my last dog to a trainer. How should I start a new pup? Uh, even uh, on collar, I don't run one. I don't run one of my dog current dogs. They're shed dogs. Ryan, you can uh, probably watch some videos on force fetch. Uh, I start with an ear pinch method uh, where I tell the dog to fetch and then release the pressure on their ear when it's in their mouth. The second week, I actually transition to collar fetch, which is using a collar for it. Um, it is. Probably not as easy to find videos on force fetch. I know personally we never showed it. Uh, we did some hold conditioning. Uh, we never showed force fetch uh, just because people that don't understand training wouldn't take it the right way. And it could really uh, put you in a precarious situation if they wanted to file a complaint. So that was why we don't have the video out there. But it's starting with an ear pinch. And then moving to a uh, e-collar is the way I do it. So it's one week on your pinch and then one week to the e-collar. Uh, there are a lot of different uh, training uh, modules out there now that you can buy. Um, I don't know any that uh, I have personal use with. I started my first or my training with the uh, book Retriever Training uh, with uh, the Dobbs family. And uh, after that, I bought... Uh, Total Retriever with Mike Lardy. So that is what I used for my training. But uh, Lewis and Philip Dobbs, uh, uh, they uh, Lois and Philip Dobbs, I believe they were. But they were they were uh, that was a really good book. It was a step by step explanation on different training. And then I had a few friends that were in uh, the dog world that also showed me some some methods uh, to use with it. You might want to join a retriever club. Again, force fetch is not rocket science, but it does help if you have someone that can show you. The thought process is having them up also on a table your first week or two uh, so that the dog is basically not on the ground and then transition to where you have them on the ground. All right, good question. More questions. We're coming up on 13 minutes. Let me know what questions you guys have. Let me know what I can help you with today. Uh, we are doing a Soggy Acres merchandise uh, purchase. Um, I've got sweatshirts, I've got hats, and I've got quarter zip sweatshirts um, that are going to be coming in. So if you guys uh, want a nice sweatshirt, oh, there we go. It's got our logo on it. It's got uh, Soggy Acres on there, and then on the back has our logo. Um, these are really nice sweatshirts. They are like an Under Armour type quality. Uh, we sell them at cost. They're $30 for a sweatshirt. Uh, the hats, uh, this type of hat, and then our Richardson uh, hats are $20. And then our uh, less expensive hats are $15. So if you uh, want to sagify your life and have some soggy gear, let us know. I got the point to the point where after working with all these different companies over the years, uh, I decided that I was going to wear my own logo on my clothing as opposed to all the companies that we worked with in TV. No offense to them, but if they're not... Uh, if they're not uh, funding us anymore, uh, there's no reason to advertise for free. So why not uh, work with uh, work with our own brand? Your thoughts on using pigeons to train cripple retrieves? Oh, Brandon, I don't do that myself. Uh, what I will do is I actually use uh, chuckers. 
And I don't do a lot of shooting birds in the air uh, when I'm teaching my marking. I'll actually use uh, dead birds or I'll use uh, bumpers. What I do with the chuckers is I clip their flight feathers so they can't fly, and then I let them run. I put them in a, in a closed area that's about an acre that has cover, and it does several things for me. It lets me teach the dogs uh, how to pick up a bird that is still alive, but it also teaches trailing. So that's what I do for that. Uh, pigeons wouldn't be a bad option as well. The only thing I don't like about pigeons is they don't really move very far if you put them down on the ground. They pretty much stay within a few feet of where they went. I don't like using pheasants. Uh, pheasants run too fast. Uh, the dogs have trouble picking it up. So again, I use chuckers and just clip their flight feathers and let the birds motivate around on the ground so that the dogs can catch them. So that is how we do that. Again, if you guys want, let me know what questions you have. We're at 15 minutes, so we're going to do a last call on questions. Last call on questions. And uh, again, if you're watching this after the fact, you can put a uh, question down as a comment, and we will come back and we will uh, check it out. Uh, we also have our Sporting Dog Adventures podcast group page. If you want to join that, it is... Uh, uh, open to public. Uh, that is a good page because we ask you if you have questions that you want us to answer during the podcast. Our podcast, the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, is the fastest growing podcast on dogs in the podcast world, or at least I think it is. Um, it uh, We always have a main topic, a training tip, and a hunting tip. So it is, I guess, a format similar to how we did our TV show where we had different parts. Uh, but we try to hit on a main topic and then give you a training tip as well as a tip for hunting. So it is a fun thing to put out. I think you'll enjoy it. I keep those around about 20 minutes. That keeps them at a, an interesting level for me. I have found my my personal preference for podcasts is between 15 and 20 minutes. I have, uh, I guess I'm too ADD to have it be longer than that. And I don't like going back to revisit a podcast to to start in mid podcast so that I'm having to remember what I, what they were talking about during it. So again, we are on iTunes. We are on Spotify, Amazon, Pandora, Anchor, and about 10 other uh, platforms. Please check it out. And if you are on one of those platforms and check it out, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or whatever else you can. So that's going to be it for today's Sporting Dog Adventures podcast and Dog Talk Live number 100. I do want to thank you all for stopping by and visiting us. We'll be back next week. Everyone have a great weekend. God bless. Hey, pretty mama, go and grab the scattered gun. Ramos looking like he's got one more good run. Sips a little shaky, but his heart is still true. Oh, how that dog loves hunting with me and you. Sporting dog adventures run.